All right, what is happening, LSJ fans? Welcome back to episode number four. We have made some upgrades since we last spoke. Feels like it's been a long time, but really it's only been two weeks, but we have been upgrading our system, keeping it moving, keeping it improving, always looking to learn. And we have a mic here now. We got a podcast arm. We're sending our audio right here into this USB interface, right into the computer. We're recording audio separately from video then putting it back together in post, all to get better audio for you, podcast fans. And we hope you enjoy it. So take a listen, see if you can tell the difference. I hope you can. And let me just say, this is a road mic, and I'm loving it. And it's not sponsored that I'm saying that, but I wish it was. So road mic, you're watching this, hit me up for sponsorships. I would love to promote these things. I love these mics. Now, let's talk about what we got going on in this episode. We got Starlink. We got to talk about this. This is the coolest thing I've seen coming out lately. Then let's do the COVID commute, the Zoom picks with the bomb lighting. Then some Fairweather Amera fans out there. We really got to talk about that. And how did we go from selfies to conspiracy theories? We got some graphs and charts to dive into that. Then let's do the Encyclopedia of Trash Talk, followed up by Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. Who gives a shit? Let's just make some money. Then we're going to finish this course off with some UK Beef Wellington followed by things I'll teach my kid. So we got a lot packed in there and a bunch more. Are you ready? Let's, all right. Let's kick this off by starting out by talking about Starlink. So I don't know if you guys have heard about this before, but it's basically satellite internet created by SpaceX. As if Elon doesn't have enough things to do already, he decided that SpaceX is now going to create satellite internet. And they literally launched one today. I think they broke the record for most satellites launched on a single rocket or something like that. And basically, they shoot these rockets up into space, let out all these satellites, and then those just orbit the Earth. There's literally 895 of them going around the planet right now. And from there, you can get satellite internet. You have to watch these unboxing videos. I'll put them down in the description, but just look up Starlink unboxing. This stuff is crazy. You can be in the middle of freaking nowhere. Open up this little satellite, put it outside of your house. This thing automatically aims and you are getting high speed internet. And let's just say it's a little bit more expensive in terms of when you first look at it. But when you break it down in terms of megabits per second, you're actually paying less for it. So it's basically about 100 bucks per month to get this, but you're literally getting 96 cents per megabits per second versus $1.13 when you're kind of paying for regular internet. So this is super fast. It's like 100 megabits per second that you're typically getting on, on an upload speed. And really, it's for people who aren't in these major cities that have instant access to fast internet. I started watching, this is what's crazy, on YouTube. You can watch anything. The world is your oyster, that you can discover whatever you want. I started watching a Starlink launch, and this is a rocket ship launch that you would typically, let's, let's rewind, 20 years, you would find this thing on mainstream TV, the most high production stuff, and this is just a live stream on SpaceX's YouTube channel. I watched the whole rocket launch. They were telling you about what's going on, all the ins and outs, the different stages. They launch a rocket into space. They have little like GoPro cameras so you can check out all these different angles of Earth. Once it gets up there, it decouples and the rocket 
goes back to Earth, you can follow it. It lands on a barge in the middle of the ocean, which is like SpaceX's signature thing that they figured out how to land a rocket back down to Earth. And then you watch this thing. It's like opening up and just sends all these satellites out into space. It's, it's, it's wild. And so these things are rotating all over the Earth and you can get internet. They played this clip of this new client for SpaceX. These are the types of people who this is really going to benefit. It's this super remote community up in Canada. They barely have internet. They're locked down because of COVID still. And this is going to enable high speed internet for people to get access to education courses, for them to do uh, things at the city hall, bringing people in and still kind of keeping everything going over the internet. And if you think about being in this little rural area, you almost feel trapped. The outside world barely gets there. But with just YouTube or Khan Academy, some of these places, you can learn so much. You can basically get a high school education just because you have the internet. It's, it's, it's amazing. There's definitely some bad stuff by the internet, but that's really one of the beautiful things is the, the power of education. You, you can learn anything on YouTube. It's, it's insane. It's almost like there's too much to learn for some people. It's like anything you want to do, someone's taking the time to show you how to do that, or they've broken it down and taught you how to tie a tie. I used to have to read about that super, you can watch somebody do it on YouTube. That's like a super simple example. But this SpaceX internet is, it's going to blow the doors off. This is like this side project, it almost seems like, for SpaceX. And it's, it's going to be huge. I can't wait to get this thing. I was reading the stats that say that I think 5% of people have satellite internet. And they're saying about 50% of people are open to try it. And, and you watch these videos, I'm ready to try this. If I didn't live in a major city where I could just instantly get files or something, I would get this no problem. Especially if you're, if you're working from home and you need Zoom access. This Starlink stuff is so freaking cool. So watch this launch video where you can see and just appreciate all that goes into launching these satellites. And it's wild when you think there's 895. I think they launched 100 more today or something. These things are just floating around the Earth. We, we don't even really know it. And you don't think about it. And there they are. They're just circling the Earth at this super fast speed. And it's really cool. I went to this thing. It reminded me of at the Huntington Gardens in Los Angeles. It's called the Orbit Listener. It's basically this Nautilus shell. And you know how a, a Nautilus shell, you find it on the beach, you put it up to your ear and you can hear the ocean or just hear cool sounds. It's this natural acoustics to let you hear cool stuff that's happening. And when you go inside of this massive shell, it's like all metal, looks really cool. And it's just open at the top. And you can look up at the sky and they have it aligned exactly. So when a satellite is passing over you, it plays a sound of what that satellite would make shooting over the earth. And so you can sit there and just look up at the sky. And even though we can't see them, they're there. It's so cool. And there's just these crazy sounds that, that they've created and enabled you to just kind of experience. You sit there and they just go flying over. Watch the videos of this thing. Go check it out. The Huntington Gardens. It's outdoors. I don't know if it's open yet, but when it does open from COVID and all this stuff, go check it out. It's cool. You just get to appreciate there's stuff up there floating around and we don't even know it. And it's bringing people internet. So the power of this is really, really going to be impactful for a lot of people who are just in these rural communities and opening up remote workplace. Like you could live in the middle of nowhere in Canada and you could be working for some fancy internet company because you could be zooming in with your SpaceX internet. This stuff is so cool, Starlink. So definitely check that out. And some of the fun things I've found, this is classic 
classic Elon. Now, in the terms of service, when you sign up for this, just for fun, let me read you a little line here. For services provided on Mars or in transit to Mars via Starship or other colonization spacecraft, the parties recognize Mars as a free planet and that no Earth-based government has the authority or sovereignty over Martian activities. Accordingly, disputes will be settled through self-governing principles established in good faith at the time of Martian settlement. So, just so you know, when you sign up for Starlink Internet, you're agreeing to uh, make sure that Mars is a free planet and there's uh, sovereignty and things are going on there in, in case SpaceX or uh, Starlink decides to provide Internet there. So, just something kind of fun embedded in the uh, terms of service there. And I, this is just classic Elon. This guy is going to solve all of our problems. This week, he put out a tweet that he's donating $100 million to the first person that comes up with carbon dioxide removal from the atmosphere. There's tons of ways to figure this out. It's kelp that's engineered to do this with AlphaFold or we just have these big fans, but this could be the solution. Entrepreneurs coming up with technology to step in where the government just complains about things, that uh, climate change is this huge issue, and here comes Elon. Hey guys, I'm just gonna fix it for you so you can stop complaining and, and focus on something else. This carbon dioxide removal could be the solution that we need. Maybe it's not the solution, but he's putting his money where his mouth is. He's doing so many things and he's like look i'm i'm gonna get people started 100 million bucks let's let's get this going i thought that was super rad that he's doing that and i think that's going to be huge when we figure that out it is going to really even things out we can definitely invest in clean energy we'll get into all that stuff later how to invest in that sector but that was just super cool and i really thought that was awesome this week and last one on the terms of service that starlink has more here we go most likely, the form of government on Mars would be something of a direct democracy where people vote directly on issues instead of going through representative government. When the United States was formed, representative government was the only thing that was logistically feasible because there was no way for people to communicate instantly. Think about that. You know, the U.S. government, it's been functioning. We proved that this system of checks and balances, House of Representatives, the Senate, the president, federal government, state, local, all these different things. That's a great system that they set up. But what if we were starting from scratch? We can instantly communicate now. And does that make sense that we, rep we elect these people who just want to battle each other? They're not necessarily thinking about us or what we want. And they're worried about themselves, their jobs. And let's maybe start over. We could instantly vote on things or we could instantly make our voice known and, and put things out there. I mean, literally, the reason we have our inauguration three months later from when we actually elect a president is because it took three months to, like, travel on horseback from the south to the north. Maybe we upgrade that a little bit. I don't know. There's historical reasons to keep it the same. Or maybe we say, hey, we already got things figured out. We don't need to wait three months. Let's just directly communicate our views to people. So I don't know. I just thought that was super cool. Something in the terms of service, breaking it down for how Mars could be. If you want to go to Mars, there could be a different government that Elon's setting up for us. So I thought that was pretty awesome. And then just keeping it in line with this, I read this really cool paper that got put out that's, you know, Elon wants to take us to Mars, but really he wants to make us an interplanetary species where we're not dependent solely on Earth. We can travel. We watch, watch sci-fi movies all the time. Everybody who, who's into this wants this. It's kind of like The Expanse, this article. It's basically like an actual paper describing how to make that real, where people live on these orbiting 
spaceships around these asteroid belts. And that's literally what this said. Humans could have moved to a floating asteroid belt colony in the next 15 years. I don't really think that's possible given we were supposed to have like flying cars already in, in the year 2000, but this could be in the next 40, 50 years. And the paper basically said that it's a mega satellite with thousands of cylinder, cylindrical, cylindrical, I don't know how to say that word, cylindrical spacecrafts all linked together inside a disc-shaped frame that prominently orbits Ceres, the largest object in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Each of these cylindrical, cylindrical, <laughs> I can't say this friggin' word, habitats could communicate, habitats could accommodate upwards of 50,000 people, support on artificial atmosphere, and generate Earth-like gravity through centrifugal force of its own rotation. Now, this paper needs to get peer-reviewed, but this could be super rad. I mean, Mars sounds interesting. Speak of YouTube, I literally watched a live stream of the Mars rover just randomly. I tuned into it this weekend, and here I am on Mars, like just watching it on my YouTube. Looks interesting. It's kind of like Sedona all over the place. I don't know. There's not a lot of trees, not a lot of water. I don't know. But think about a cool spaceship that's rotating an asteroid belt. This is kind of like that movie um, Elysium where Matt Damon's in that and they go up where all the rich people live in that weird spaceship. And that's how you're living. And they create this false gravity. That could be super rad. Imagine that. I'd probably want to live there over Mars. That's just me reading this paper. I don't know though. Let's see. Each of you guys pitch me. Where do I want to live? That's not earth. All right. That breaks down that section and Starlink internet. Look it up. Find it. If you don't live in a major city, you got to look at getting this, splitting it with a couple of people around you and, and getting that for your community. Starlink internet is super rad. And let's think about going to Mars or Ceres, I guess, is this planet could be pretty cool. Next up, we're talking about the COVID commute and some Zoom pics with the bomb lighting. So I read this article and I wanted to talk about it. Obviously, that's kind of why this podcast exists. And this article basically was talking about how the commute that we have, we all hate it, especially in Los Angeles. It sucks your life away. Spend an hour each way. Typically, I think the average in Los Angeles is 45 minutes or something like that, which is crazy. So you spend all this time. I've spent three hours a day going from Manhattan Beach to Pasadena sometimes. And that's not out of the realm of reasonable for most people. And we all hate it. And we're so glad to not be commuting for those of us that are working from home. But the thing is, that kind of gives us this time to like, let's get a separation between home life. Let's prepare. And okay, cool. Now we're at work. We, just, we get that break. That's when podcasts got so big. We want to listen, kind of zone out, music, whatever it is, silence, whatever people need to kind of get that separation. And it kind of was pointing out the need for what we call a COVID commute where you're basically giving yourself this time where, okay, I did breakfast. I took care of the kids. I got ready, worked out, did whatever. And then maybe you just do a walk around the block just to kind of give yourself that separation, go for a little bike ride, do a fake commute. This article was basically saying that some people will drive to their office, sit there and then come back home. That seems a little extreme, but there is this, I don't know, feel like there's a reason to kind of just give you that mental time to kind of take a little step and take, take a moment and just think about your day or kind of prepare yourself for work. I'm one of those people that likes to prepare in the morning, just, Get in early and think about stuff, what you got to do. Don't like arrive right as a stressful meeting's happening. But 
I think that's what that's kind of for. And it's just something to think about. So I've been trying to kind of integrate that and, and, and see how that goes and something kind of interesting to apply in your own life. If you're working from home, how can you just help make that separation in the mornings and for lunch real quick, maybe just do a quick walk before you go back to work or, or something just to, just to get your headspace right and give you that time to think. And there's this other article about how anxious people are feeling being working from home because you just don't get that interaction with folks. You don't get to chat, you know, by the water cooler, the classic water cooler area, but it's also just, you don't get that connection. You just see people's green bubbles. And did I respond fast enough while I'm taking care of my kid? Or there's just so much going on that people have in their home life where they're also managing their job. They can't go outside. It's just such a weird world. And there's so much doom and gloom going on that it's just a lot and it's overwhelming for some people. So I wanted to put this on here just to kind of help think about ways to just help yourself manage that time and get that mental break and prepare for work, even though you're working and living in the same place. And I thought that was really interesting. And even if we go right out of this COVID, it, think about how much 9-11 changed the world. And that was one day. This has been almost a year that we've been living in this COVID situation. Like some things are going to go back and some things are just changed forever because people are going to be working from home for a year. Things are going to change, whether you work from office for three days a week, work from home too. things are just not ever going to be exactly the same. We've all gone through this. We've experienced it. And there is this uh, investment banking company that put together these stats, kind of thinking about what's going to change. And they said, post pandemic, we expect to see remote or decentralized share of workers nearly double to 36% permanently. So it used to be this really low percent of people that were working from home. It's been upwards of 50 by the time we were in COVID, but they're thinking permanently we could settle in about 36, 40% of people working remotely up to 50, kind of this hybrid scale. So definitely something that we're going to be dealing with, and it's going to be something that's kind of has a lasting, lasting effect. So it's something to think about and think about yourself and all right, what's my Zoom look like? And I know everybody just kind of, we're just doing what we do to work, but we can upgrade. We, we can take the time to put some stuff in the background or the audio, the video, this is stuff I've been really getting into lately. And it's part of that anxiety. Like, are people judging my house? <laughs> like I have kids stuff in the background. What's, what's going on? And just adds to the stress. And if you can kind of think about making your space feel professional or just representing you in a way, like cool stuff in the background. And I found this thing. It's this Twitter that ranks people's houses. It's called Room Raider. Check that out. I think it was started in the Skype era. So it's like Skype Room Raider at or something like that. This thing is funny. There'll be like nine out of 10 decor. I think the lighting's around like a five out of 10. It's something super funny to watch and see, but it also makes you think like, okay, what's, what's, what's my situation look like? And it doesn't have to be perfect. We're all just getting through this, but it's something to spend time on if you get into that stuff. And I have an article here from Larry Fong, just the classic cinematographer. He broke down how he would light a Zoom setup. And it's not like it has to be so fancy and perfect. His is showing you everyday stuff that you can use. Super simple. This is not like you're using some sky panels or this fancy stuff. It's literally just basics, lighting, bouncing your lamp off the wall or something, putting little things here. You can buy small little lights that hook up on the top of your computer, it makes a huge difference. And it just kind of alleviates that anxiety. Like if you're looking professional, feeling good, you know, it, it, it just gets rid of that. You just kind of, you're just 
helping yourself feel good and feel professional and you don't need to do it, but it's just something for fun. So there's this cool article from literally a professional photographer talking about how you can break things down. And that's what I've been getting super into. It's awesome. You can actually use a Sony DSLR camera. I'm sure Canon, some of these others have stuff that you can use as well as your zoom camera. Instead of using that crappy thing that's on your FaceTime or whatever, you put a USB in your computer, run it to your camera. There's a super simple uh, program you download from Sony that I did. I'll put the link in the description. And you're instantly able to use your Zoom camera, I mean, at your DSLR camera as your camera. And this is way better quality, looks cool. You can get different angles instead of just everything that's right at your computer facing you. And then you can use a mic. So I have this awesome Rode mic now set up where I'm recording audio separately and I can use this for Zoom calls, which is super fun. You can get that all set up or you can use an AirPod in one ear to kind of talk to hear or wear headphones and have a Zoom camera separately. I'm going to be doing interviews like this. So if you want to hear some interviews, hit up the comments or hit me up. Tell me who we think we should have on the show because we got this. We got the actual DSLR set up with the mic. We'll do it like that. It'll be super fun. And it's just been something that we spend so much time on these freaking systems that it's like, why not upgrade it? See what we could do. Add some cool audio, some cool video, mix it up a little bit, get some lighting, have some fun. Not for everybody, but I, I think it makes a difference. So something interesting to check out. Try that COVID commute out for yourself and think about making some Zoom pics with the bomb lighting. Okay, we have got to talk about these fair weather Amerifans going on right now. So. I've really felt like the last few years, it's been this taboo to actually show the American flag or I have a U.S. soccer jersey I always wear and it has the American flag on it. And people just kind of make you feel in the entertainment industry in L.A. that it's bad or ooh, that's what only Republicans and Trumpers do that. But it's like, I'm a fan of my country and I've never gone away from that. I've been a cheerleader of America all the time, no matter if, a person I don't like is in office or a person I do like. I can't remember when a person I do like has been in office, but if they were, I'd like America. If they're not, I still love America. And it's been this thing where it's like, you're not supposed to show your flag or represent it because that's what the other side does. And all of a sudden, this week, I have seen people basically acting like Lakers fans, just flapping their flags all over the place. I'm now the biggest Clippers fan ever, or they're like a Warriors fan. I was in San Francisco. The Warriors used to be terrible. Everybody knows this. They were like one of the worst. I'm a Suns fan, and they were terrible. They were horrible. Then all of a sudden, you know, they get Steph Curry, the Splash Bros. All of a sudden, they're shooting up the charts. Everybody in San Francisco is all of a sudden a Warriors fan. Be like, where did you come from? And if you know people that have been diehards, they're fine with all these other people cheering, but at the end of the day, they're kind of like, where were you when we were down and out? Great, you're going to celebrate us when we're awesome and then you'll just disappear when we're not on top because that's what happens, you ebb and flow in the world. And that's how I feel right now. We got these Fairweather AmeriFans all of a sudden acting like America's this beautiful, amazing place. Dude, it's been beautiful. This is an amazing country. We have some bad times and we have some good times. We need to all appreciate and just be fans of our country and appreciate it. Whether you like the person in office or not, it's like I follow so many of these cinematographers, people in the media industry, they would never post a flag and they'll almost like crap on people who do. And all of a sudden I'm seeing these flags posted on social media. I'm like, where have you guys been, dude? 
dude. This is ridiculous. So is it cool that I wear my jersey now? Is that fine? Am I allowed? Because I like my jersey and I, I've always wanted to wear it. I mean, literally, I'm an American through and through and I've never gone back from that. I did Ancestry recently, which is super fun. Everybody, check it out for something to kind of do in this, in this COVID time. Ancestry.com. You can dive into the cool stuff. You can find out like yearbook pictures from your great-grandparents, all sorts of stuff that you find out about your family that you may have never known before. And my family line goes back to like the 1600s before we were even a country. We were a colonies in, in the Northeast, came over from England on one side, okay? Then the other side is straight out of Italy. Familia, they're right out of there. I think, so my, my great-grandpa came fresh off the boat from Italy to New York, the Bronx. My grandpa was born there. And what is that? That's about as American as it gets. You have an immigrant side and you have a family that's been here forever. And I always wonder this. It's like, people always ask me, so what are you? What's your background? And I say American. And they're like, well, no, what really are you? I don't know. I'm American. Look at that background. I'm pointing it out. That seems about as American as you can get. Immigrants from Italy and people who've been here since the jump in the 1600s. That's a long time to be here, to be called an American. I don't even know. I'm not going to call those other countries out necessarily unless you want to hear like my ancestry lineage. I'm just going to say I'm an American, man. That's what I am. And through and through, I'm going to wear the flag, whether somebody is in charge that I like or they're not. That's, that's all that matters to me. This is a great country and, and I'm proud of it. And I'm stoked that it's now cool to wear the flag but at the same time i'm like don't hate on me for wearing the flag when somebody's in office that you don't like because other people do but still whether i like them or not i'm going to be repping america and, and i like this country so and that was just something that was really kind of bugging me and i wanted to just point it out because be aware of this stuff that it's like so about when your person is in charge or or your team is winning just try to be a fan and supporter of your team. This is in sports. This is in politics. This is whatever. When you're down and out, be a supporter. Be somebody who helps and sticks through the hard times to appreciate the good times. Because you got to have both. You don't just get to be like, oh no, this country's terrible. When when somebody's there, you don't like. We're a great country, and we have things to work on, things to improve. And let's just always be kind of there for each other, for this country, and be supportive. And that was just something that was just kind of bugging me. The other thing from this week, I just Whoa. Let me take a breather. The media fawning, just oogling, and just going wild over this Biden win. It's been a joke. I literally, I read the news every single day, especially in this coronavirus time, but I'm always reading articles. That's, I like to read articles if you, if you didn't know, and I like to talk about them. So I notice these trends of what's going on in media. And I've always looked at, the COVID numbers to understand, okay, how much is out there? Where are we at? And you know, when there's like, when the deaths are like 800, okay, it's out there, but I'll watch it and it'll be like, okay, 1200. There's getting, getting increased. We got to pull back on some of the things we were kind of doing outdoors and just be more cautious. It's a way to understand, okay, what are the trends? Do we need to pull back? Do we, can we be a little more lax on things? And all of a sudden, I mean, but like going through the last year, it's all over the news, all over the front page coronavirus, these numbers tallying. And I'm just going to say that if they had a tally on CNN.com, all these other things of car crashes per day, you'd be terrified of getting in a car. I'm serious about COVID, but I'm just saying some of these things, 
why don't we do that? Why don't we do the heart diseases uh, ticker? People would maybe think about their health more and want to eat better. And we could promote that. Maybe we do that coming out of this. Like there's some causes that we could promote and get people to think about more. That's a side note. But still, think about just this immense, just brain numbing, the world is ending that you feel when you watch mainstream news. It feels so terrible. The coronavirus is eating all of us alive. And it's just been so crazy to watch that all of a sudden, they're not mentioning it. We had our highest death rates, like the last two this last week. It was like 4,400 people, 4,300 people. There's a lot of devastation from coronavirus. There's a lot of it out there. And these headlines are not talking about that. All of a sudden, it's Biden's great plans. He's solving it. And they're not focusing on the same exact stuff that they used to be focusing on. This is not like a Biden versus Trump thing. This is an I don't like to be manipulated. I can tell when people are trying to manipulate my opinions. This is why I end the podcast with don't let them decide free your mind because people need to go out and find stuff on their own now. They can't depend on the media to give them adequate descriptions of what's going on in the world. There was literally a study this week, and I'm glad this is coming out. 56% of Americans agree with the statement that journalists and reporters are purposely trying to mislead people by saying things they know are false or are gross exaggerations. People are finding this out. And cable news is the battleground where CNN and Fox News, they're doing the same thing on different sides. If you watch CNN, you used to think, this is what you used to think, that literally coronavirus is eating everyone alive. You can't go outside. And Trump is responsible for everything bad about it. White supremacists are falling from the sky, landing in your backyard, coming into your house instantly. I mean, that's that they're everywhere and you can't avoid them. You turn on Fox News. Fox News is basically saying we need to stay open and there's immigrants out there everywhere. They're flowing into your house. You have to be scared. You have to be scared. The socialists, the left, all this stuff. It's just opposite sides putting people against each other. And it's so obvious. And I'm so pumped that people are getting aware of this because 56% of people are, are starting to be aware. And the other thing I saw was this CBS News poll where people were asked the biggest threat to the American way of life. This has been covered on our podcast, but I just want to bring it up. 54% of people say other people in America are domestic enemies or the biggest threat to the American way of life. 8% of people said foreign countries or other military threats overseas. 17% said the natural world, viruses, weather, disasters, like COVID. And 20% said economic forces such as money, trade, or business. 54% said other people. This is our media pushing against each other and then just so clearly being cheerleaders of a specific topic. CNN, guys, let's be clear. I, you are not journalists right now. You are activists. It's cool, but just write that on your byline. We are supporters of the Democratic Party and we will cheer them on no matter what. Thank you, Fox News. We are supporters of the Republican Party and we will cheer them on no matter what. Excellent. Now we all know what you're doing. It's super clear. And I watched these comedians online this week go through all the examples of the fawning over the Biden win. It was, dude, so funny. I was cracking up. Arms extended out wide to just embrace the country. You could go through all of them. It was so funny. And do you want to know who those comedians were? One was Ben Shapiro and the other one was Kyle Kalinske. 
those two guys I find I go to to get real truthful perspectives. I don't always agree with them. Sometimes I watch Ben Shapiro and I'm like, cool, I agree with you. Other times I'm like, yo, you're way off. Sometimes I watch Kyle Kalinske. And I'm like, yes, this makes exact sense. And other times I'm like, I don't know, man, I don't really agree with you. But they both agree that this mainstream media is just absolutely manipulating people. And I'm so glad people are finding out that if you go to YouTube, find these people that are CNN, will call it literally have bigger audiences than them. YouTubers have bigger audiences than CNN. What does that say? People are finding out about this. And that just means that I want to go back to that, that if I like Ben Shapiro and Kyle Kalinske, I'm a human being. I can choose to like agree with one person on one topic and agree with one person on another. And if you don't know them both, they're like polar opposites come competitive. One's a, like a hardcore conservative and the other one's a Bernie bro. I can agree with both and disagree with both. Sometimes it's called being a human being. That's the type of media that I want people to see more on mainstream. The thing that you could actually check is Associated Press. That's the mainstream media that kind of just gives you the facts. So start there. Associated Press, what happened, and then go to some of these people on each side, get different perspectives. If you go to Fox News, just know you're getting a conservative activist cheerleaders. If you go to CNN, know that you're getting Democratic cheerleaders that are activists. It's hilarious. I mean, it's not a, even a political statement. It's just so obvious when you watch it from someone who's not like really a part of either of those sides. I just want to make my own opinion. This week has been so obvious. It's like, just write that on the bottom of your page that you are clearly just an activist because it's not even remotely close to just giving us the accurate perspective because it, you would be consistent and still tell us how high these coronavirus numbers are instead of just ignoring them now. It's like at the bottom, they're not even mentioning it. It's insane. So everybody keep a lookout for this stuff. Just know that people are trying to manipulate you and find people who you trust to give you an accurate opinion or to be truthful. For me, I'm finding that's comedians. I'm having to go to comedians because they're giving you the truth. They got a funny spin on it, but they're giving you the truth. Or people on YouTube who aren't beholden to these, okay, let's make money, keep money from these advertisers, these super PACs that are supporting Republicans or Democrats. Find your own sources of news. Associated Press, you can start there, find the facts, and then go out and get other pieces of information because this has been wild to watch. I do want to call out, though, quality journalism because I crap on it a lot. And there is sometimes where there's quality journalism being done. And two times from the New York Times, I would say New York Times is pretty dang good when it comes to anything outside of politics. They're almost as bad as CNN when it comes to just promoting Democratic things. But when it comes to the technology page, I love their weekender. It's just a, a list of the top 12 or so articles from the week. Dude, you're finding so much interesting stuff about rhinos or space or politics things. And you just have to keep it with a lens to know that they're leaning super democratic if you do dive into the politics, but everything else is really good. And they actually did this article that I want to talk about called From Selfies to Conspiracy Theories. Well, that's what I'm calling it. But this piece of journalism was what I would say was one of the best things I have seen all year. And basically, as you scroll through the article, they're going and finding actual people, clicking, showing their posts. And as you scroll through, it's very visual. You see it get like no likes when they're talking about, hey, I had a sandwich today with my family. It was awesome. Next, the post says something about 
stop the steal. Likes go crazy on the page. Then they start getting further into it. Likes go crazy on the page. And then they did a chart where they basically showed how people find an audience online. All of us have our social pages. We just, you can't help not wanting to get likes or just want to get confirmation from people that your stuff is good. That's just like human nature, wanting to be accepted, wanting people to like your stuff. And they showed this chart of someone who started posting regular stuff just about their life, everyday things. This is what's going on. And their posts don't do much. They get little things here and there. All of a sudden, they start talking about conspiracy theories or coronavirus stuff. Maybe they saw one thing and they're like, hey, I saw a video about Stop the Steal. What do you guys think? Jump up in the charts. Then it just keeps going. And so feed, feedback, Facebook gives you this confirmation. Oh, maybe that's what I should be posting. I'm an influencer and people aren't really liking my selfies. They're not really liking my bikini pics or, you know, check out my muscles here, sun's out, gun's out. Maybe I should be talking about Stop the Steal because that's giving me this confirmation. And when you see these charts, it's wild. It's just right when they start posting this, jump, jump, jump. And so it's this feedback loop where people start kind of in this normal spot, like down and out, like I'm stuck in my house and people aren't engaging with my content. All of a sudden, here comes a Stop the Steal post. Boom, boom. I'm, I'm connecting with all these people, connecting, finding friends, finding stuff. And then before you know it, here I am. I got all these fans, all these fans. I'm like a celebrity in my own right in the Stop the Steal world. And it's just wild. And it just goes to show that social media is leading people further, 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 further. And it just, if you read this and this is your world or any other type of thing that you can get sucked into, it's something to be aware of that this feedback loop from Facebook is encouraging this type of stuff. How do you solve it? I don't know. This is a really hard problem once we've unleashed pandora's box of social media it's got some great stuff but i don't know i don't have a solution for you maybe i'll start thinking about it and kind of bring up little thoughts for you only thing you can do is just disconnect yourself from social media a lot don't argue with people on social media if you're pissed at somebody give them a call what's up man i hated that post have a real conversation that is how people engage or just engage on a direct level so much of this stuff i actually appreciate on Instagram stories posting something because it instantly encourages you to post directly to someone. So you can shoot at them instead of posting in the comments because part of the comments is, oh, let me just uh, dunk on this person, then get a bunch of likes on my comment, show all my friends how cool I am. And so there's that part of that social engagement, like let me bring all these people to check out this comment that I just did. And if you're on in stories, it's a direct conversation. It's not building on this engagement of let's fight people, let's argue. And this piece of journalism from the New York Times, I have to say, is phenomenal. I will call out journalism when it's a joke. This is amazing. It just, they literally followed exact people, got their stories, how they ended up into this stop the steal world. And you follow it through social media and see how these cues these engagements for these people that don't usually get that much engagement. People want to connect and they feel good when people are liking their stuff. And if they're just being a regular person talking about their life, not getting engagement, all of a sudden here they are, stop the steal, coronavirus is a hoax. All this stuff is getting really popular. That's going to send them off into this realm. And so Facebook, Twitter, they got some work to do. I definitely want to think about things that I can be suggesting or things to work on to, to help this situation because Facebook's a great thing, but it's also
dangerous like when when you see how this goes and so i really wanted to highlight this and also keeping with the new york times they had this other article and we've got to go through this one it's called the complete list of trump's twitter insults 2015 to 2021 okay this is what i'm calling the encyclopedia of trash talk now if you have trump derangement syndrome where you have been in this terrible place and you're finally out of it and you can't talk about him then i would maybe just skip this section i'm gonna have some fun laughing at this because it's just out of control and i think it's funny and just ridiculous to think about how much time actually was wasted uh, on tweeting so part of that's actually really frustrating but i'm gonna laugh about it by scrolling through this and we can just dive into some and this is amazing journalism from the new york times even if it is kind of highlighting cheerleading the fact that they don't like trump they're doing a good quality job of pointing out how much freaking time this dude wasted with his twitter fingers okay i'll put something up here just to show you i'm scrolling through this is an encyclopedia starting at a with abc news literally we could go through every single topic and they have all of the tweets that this dude said okay this is out of control out of control how many tweets and it links to every single one so let's let's think about um who do we want to see something that uh we talked about um let's go to oh man bernie sanders or amazon cnn okay cnn fake news fake news fake news they literally have every single tweet this stuff scrolls on forever this is insane espn it's no wonder espn ratings have tanked in fact they tank so badly it's the talk of the industry bad programming People are dropping in record numbers. I mean, this just goes on. Look at this. I think I could scroll for 20 minutes of just non-stop stuff. Fake news? Oh my gosh, this goes on forever. We've got Ted Cruz, Fox News. I mean, he attacks his own people. He attacks everybody. We got Mike Pence on here. Literally, this guy is just a trash talker extraordinaire. And it just is like hilarious to scroll through just... I mean, ignoring the fact of how annoying it is. Think of how much time was spent on Twitter fingers instead of doing things to help the American people. I think both sides can appreciate that, that you have a certain amount of time to do things. And yes, we're like, okay, he had to cut through the media with his Twitter. Dude, you did not have to tweet this much. This is scrolling nonstop. This is crazy. You guys just have to check this out. Look up a topic, approach it with a comedic, perspective and just kind of read them it's kind of like when the celebrities mean read mean tweets just just kind of do that it's super funny andrew cuomo washington wants nothing to do with him if this just goes on it's super funny i had to point this out because i want to call out quality journalism you look at how much this tweets were and it's insane but then you think about how much work went into this they link to every single tweet every single tweet here and they made an encyclopedia where you can just look up what he said about certain people and you can laugh maybe some people agree with what he's saying but it's just a joke so this is just hilarious to me please everybody check out the encyclopedia of trash talk and either get it get really mad but then try to laugh about it because it's over now the last little piece that this kind of brought me to was a little section i'm thinking of called two plus two equals five Now, it's not exact when you break that down, but if you think of our political system, we have two political parties, right? Republicans and Democrats. And I read this week that now Trump is going to start the Patriot Party, which is essentially going to pull his base to the Patriot Party. 
and not be Republicans. And it just made me think about this like fanning that's happening with, with, with politics. And maybe this could be a great thing. Let's disrupt this system because these two parties where you're just forced into these situations where I'm a human, I have maybe views over here and views over here. All I have is this option or this option. It's like going to, to the restaurant and all you can drink is Coke or Pepsi. There's, there's no competitors. There's, there's nothing. All you have is Coke or Pepsi. Maybe I want a lemonade today. Maybe a nice tea. Maybe I just want water. I don't know. But only Coke and Pepsi is not really the best option. So I know that this is a system set up with a two-party system, but why not break it down? It's like that thing with Starlink. I mean, this, this situation was created when it took forever, three months, for the new president to go from the South to the North. So we had to wait three months. We live in an instant information age. So if we want to change some things, why don't we change them? I know it's hard, but if Trump does this, think about that. So think about this fan, okay? So Trump's going to pull over. You got the Patriot Party on the far right, okay? Patriot Party, that's going to be like 30% of Republicans. Then you're going to have the traditional Republicans who are kind of, you know, more established. They're the traditional, more religious, or just more uh, the country club, the bankers, the business people who care about those types of things, conservative values, family, all that stuff. That's kind of in the middle, the Mitt Romney. He's probably the, the person right there. And so you have Republicans too. So that's two over there. And then you kind of have the Democratic Party now, which is the Bidens, kind of this traditional corporatist view of uh, the Democratic Party. This is classic. Oh, let's just keep the, the situation going of higher taxes and, and things like that. The traditional Democratic view to help out those less fortunate with higher taxes. And then you have this entire new wing that is the Bernie world, which is Medicare for all, a lot of this democratic socialism stuff that they're talking about. And that could be split into, they're almost having a civil war. So if you think about that, fanning that out right there, that's four. So what was two now becomes four. You start on the right, Patriot Party, Mitt Romney world, I don't know how to call that, Biden world. And then you have Bernie bros, Bernie people. And that's four. And then you also have libertarians who I think have earned their right to come up in the middle and say, you know what? We believe in a free market economy. We want to take a little from the left and the right. Everyone has freedom. The government should not be encroaching on anyone's values. We believe in lower taxes, opportunities, free market, those types of things. Libertarians or just independents in the middle that are taking a little bit of both, kind of this centrist view, I guess you could say. And that's a nice fan. That seems like a good range, a peacock floating its feathers to explore different views about the world and ways to handle things that is not Coke and Pepsi. That's it. You can't have an iced tea today. Sorry about that. And I think that'd be a great world because then you have options. Why do we even need these two monolithic political parties? Let's open it up. Give some people more options more things to think about. So that's two plus two equals five. Interesting. Not exactly the math working out, but I just, something I think that could be playing out coming up that could be really interesting to watch that dynamic with these new parties, these kind of like civil wars in between Democrats and Republicans because social media is pulling people into these further directions. Social media is providing people this direct view into their views. And these two 
massive parties that you just have to, okay, uh, I'm going to vote Republican. I instantly inherit all these things. Maybe I don't agree with those things. Okay, I'm going to vote Democrat. Instantly inherit all the stuff. I don't really feel like that actually represents human beings as nuanced people with different views that swing one way on a certain topic or another way. And it's putting people in just these boxes. And I think that'd be pretty rad. Two plus two equals five. I'd be pumped to see that system where you actually have a bunch of options. People are running, promoting themselves on actual topics, not necessarily like let's make sure the Republicans or Democrats win. That would be really cool. Okay, now we're going to talk about gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Let's just make some cash money. Now, what that means is a little bit of, all right, let's just accept the world that we live in. These are the cards we've been dealt no matter if you're happy about those cards or mad about those cards, and how can we do something? How can we improve ourselves? How can we improve our financial situation? How can we invest? How can we make money moves? And that's basically Biden's president. It happened. He's inaugurated. You're pumped. You're not pumped. He's the president. So let's just look at and think about, okay, what's his world like versus the prior world of Trump? And how can we make some money in the stock market? first and foremost, because that's the easiest way to just say, all right, I'm going to invest. I'm going to make some money. I've read a couple cool pieces about just kind of these stocks or sectors. I'm not going to tell you specific stocks because past performance does not guarantee future results, but I do want to kind of guide you in a way to think about it. So, all right, what is the Biden administration more interested in? That is green energy and clean ways to make things, infrastructure, stuff like that. So looking at solar power, nuclear power, some of these different ways to make things that don't depend on coal, really more climate focused, climate change, those types of things, whether you agree with it or not, make some cash money, invest in those areas, because that's going to be a major emphasis for us. And I also think it's a good way for us to be self-dependent. We do not need oil from other countries if we can have an infrastructure here creating clean energy. That means we can run, we can be more focused on our country and making sure that we can run and not be dependent on these other situations because that's what coronavirus highlighted is, yo, if something has to shut down and we need to depend on China or we need to depend on things in Europe, we got to be able to take care of ourselves. So we need some level of being able to manage our own infrastructure. And as we have less dependence on coal and gas coming from the Middle East, because we have our own energy here, that's less reason to be there and be involved in these conflicts there. So it's another positive to be getting out of these regime change wars and focusing more on our country and getting things going here that are energy efficient. And there's so many cool stocks to pick from this. Tesla's obviously one. And I wish Tesla was cheaper. It feels like it's just so expensive. I love Tesla. I would be driving a Tesla in a second when my car payments are done. I would love to own the stock, but it feels way too expensive for me right now. I just want to wait and see what happens. Maybe it just keeps on going up forever, like some people have said. But I don't know. I'm going to wait on that one. But check out different energy areas where you think that. These are interesting companies providing new ways to recycle or use clean energy and invest in those. It's not about your opinion. It's about let's make some cash money by investing in those stocks if you can. And 
understand that that's where the new administration is going. Also, it looks highly likely that there's going to be much more favorable treatment towards cannabis stocks because they're probably going to be able to decriminalize. Unfortunately, they're not going to be fully legalizing and giving this area a massive boom. I mean, think about a great way to create jobs and new businesses that Republicans should be down with is legalizing marijuana that shows pretty much in every study you look at is absolutely orders of magnitude less harmful than alcohol. It actually has some help. Sure, got to be careful with it. But seriously, it is a thing that could be a great area of investment if you look at these maybe some ETFs that are enabling you to invest in the cannabis sector for decriminalization. Somehow it'd be cool if they pulled off legalization. I don't think so. Biden's a dinosaur, so he won't open his mind to why he needs to do that, even though it also aligns with criminal justice reform. Let's stop putting people in jail for sitting in their house, putting substances in their, in their mind. I mean, this is freedom, America. You should be able to sit in your house and use a substance that's not really harmful without being put in jail. It's absolutely crazy. So get behind that. Let's legalize that and let people invest in that sector because they can't have banks right now. I mean, this whole thing it is just ridiculous. Let's make it a legitimate sector. Let's tax it. Let's use that money for schools like it's going on in Colorado. So look at that as a way to invest. That's going to be a big sector. Look at Biden's treatment towards China. I think it's going to be a little bit more favorable or we're going to have to see how that goes with some of these new restrictions, some of these things going on there. But some of these bigger companies like Apple, Nike, that have a big business out of there, probably going to be have a better situation than if it had gone a different way and we put more restrictions. So that's one to watch if you're thinking about a stock that has a big impact on China. How's Biden going to be looking at investing there? And Well, how's Biden going to be treating that country? Are we going to be pulling weight back? Are we going to be building more infrastructure here? Definitely something to think about there. And look into ETFs. It's kind of what I said earlier. It's basically a stock where you get a bunch of stocks. You can trade like a stock in and out of it. Look for some of these energy sectors, the cannabis sector, also companies that are going to have a lot of growth. And I actually found this very interesting piece from this really famous investor that was a business insider, Jeremy Graham. Grantham, Jeremy Grantham. You will not make a handsome 10 to 20 year return on U.S. growth stocks. If you could do emerging low growth green, you will get the jackpot. So that's just kind of highlighting that I've said this before. The stock market right now is a little dicey. Like it's gone up so much. We're at all time highs. And look at the level of the country. We have massive disparities between what's going on with everyday people and people that have been able to work from home. But I don't really think our economy deserves being at an all time high stock market. It just doesn't make sense at all. You can get into the numbers, find out why it's going on, but it doesn't make sense. Some of these stocks have ridden up so high that something's going to pop, something's going to settle a little bit. And so wait for that to happen if you want to do that and then pick up Tesla. But it's also saying that the US is so high, you're not really going to find that really awesome growth bang for your buck here because we've pumped the, the country with so much Fed money that the stock market's ridden up instead of kind of being lower. And as these things get announced, like vaccines and other things, that it starts to rise and you've got some opportunity for growth. But other countries have been hit really hard. and They're starting to rebuild. So also think about maybe an ETF of looking at places in uh, Europe or South America that are starting to come back and starting to boom. That could be something really interesting. And just literally be wary of the US stock market for a little while. But some of these areas could be 
really great some of these energy cannabis areas and international that's the thing look at those sectors and kind of just be wary of the u.s stock market okay now let's get to some uk beef wellington on this course du jour of the l street journal podcast so i was reading this article and i discovered this stat and it was such a bummer for me personally to see and it says most people don't listen to new music after age 30. Dang, man, that is terrible. How can you just stop finding new stuff to just be inspired by? And I get it when you break it down. It says 60% of people reported being in a musical rut, only listening to the same songs over and over, while just a quarter said they'd be likely to try new music from outside their preferred genres. The peak age for discovering new music, the results suggested, was 24. This one, 75% of respondents said they listened to 10 or more new tracks a week. I mean, come on, this is terrible. This is like what you see. I have a kid and you just see this like level of pure creativity where you're not caring about anything. You're just playing, experiencing the world, having fun, messing around. And then as you get older, you just, you have your job, you have your own family to take care of. So many things that just start impacting you, kind of like taking away from your ability to just like free your mind and be creative that's kind of why people come up with ideas in the showers because the only place where you're like you're free of all this stress you're kind of just getting hit with water relaxing but this stat was terrible i mean come on i'm in my mid-30s and i'm looking at new music every week and so i'm gonna try to bring that stuff to people because yeah i get it a lot this article was talking about you got your job and there's so much going on it's just it's hard and you want to appreciate the good old days when you could just be fun and free in high school, college, and relive that music because it takes you back there. I totally get that. But new music's amazing. So let's try to make sure that you're looking for new music. And if you're not looking for new music, I'll give you some new music. Every Friday on Insta, I post my top five New Music Friday tracks. Check those out. You can listen in to the little sample and explore more. Always check out the artist. And that's how I find stuff. I see a good artist on New Music Friday. Oh, was this an album? I'll listen to an album. Oh, artists I've never heard of. Let's check out their top five. And it just like enables you to explore. So that just like really encouraged me to continue to keep pumping music to people because this is a terrible stat. You gotta keep that mind, especially if you're creative. Gotta keep new music going in. It's just fresh and it keeps your mind like exposed to new ideas. And so this whole section, I had to talk about UK rap. And you know, it's harder to get exposed to this stuff in America. We just, we just don't see things going on in other countries as much. And for me, I'm getting really frustrated with what's going on with the American pop rap scene. It's gone so much more melodic. And I literally, you talk to kids these days, these, these youths, as the British would say, and they're really about the mood. Not so much about the lyrics. They're about like the vibe, the songs giving them, which is cool. But why not add lyrics on top of that? Here's a cool vibe, plus some lyrics I really like. That's like the ultimate. So good vibe, some lyrics I like. And a lot of people are just focused right now on this vibe. Like, let's hit the vibe in the US. And I think the UK has a lot to prove to be like, all right, we could keep up with these Americans and we can get them on a lyrical level. And so right now, what you're finding is the UK has got all these lyrics and that's where I'm going most of the time to find a lot of my hip hop. It's just 
the what's going on in that scene there is just awesome and it's just an explosion of new ideas accents are different and ways to talk about things and i'm just i'm loving the vibe coming out of there and i love me some rap beef as well you know i'm diving into that stuff nonstop. it's just every little detail find out who said what breaking down this subliminal line in that track and we don't have many of those in the u.s anymore i don't know maybe it's because of the not lyrics or everybody's just kind of in this place of positivity which is great but you gotta have some beef it's rap and so chip and stormzy stormzy's basically like the top dog in the uk kind of the jay-z of that world he actually is best mates with ed sheeran so he he'll say it in his own lines like people dog on him because he's pop he embraces it he sells so many records he's cool with it he's like the top level mainstream rapper and there's this guy chip he's an up-and-comer and that's how you make your name you go at the big dogs and chip sent some subliminal lines on this track ways and i think come to find he wasn't even actually talking about stormzy but that's what can happen you can just kind of get in your own head like Oh, this freaking Utes coming up talking about me? No way. And so Stormzy went off on this I don't know track. And then that just escalated, escalated. Stormzy shows up at his house in a Lambo, all sorts of commotion going on. And then it just went wild. Chip has been going off the charts with launching diss tracks after diss tracks, Flowers, Killer MC. And Stormzy hasn't really been responding. He's like the big dog. So you don't really need to prove yourself. Some of his best tracks are actually diss tracks. So he's already done that. And Stormzy came out with this one song, Skangman, Skangman Mode. It was so cool. That song's on my, you know, New Music Friday from last week. I've been bumping that non-stop with Getz. And that track, he kind of had these little subliminal lines. It's like, could be about him, could be not. But obviously, if you're in this beef with somebody, you're going to think it's about you. You know, oh, they said that about me? Oh, no. You, you, read, you read into it. You get into your own head. And so like a day later, Chip drops Ten Commandments, an entire song dissing Stormzy. So Chip has been going off the charts on this guy, just going crazy. Stormzy's kind of got that Jay-Z like, all right, cool. I'll drop some subliminals every once in a while. Watch me drop a number one album and everybody loves me because I'm the big dog. So it's just been a pretty cool little beef to watch. You could dive in. I'll put the like play by play article in the description and while i was kind of digging into this world i found chip did this thing called daily duppy and that's on this thing called grm daily it's a youtube channel grime daily grime's kind of like the uk rap scene that's what that's what the kind of the scene of the the tone the music is called and this is like the coolest show and it just makes me i don't know the word it's not angry but how the hell have i not seen this before i'm watching i'm always watching new rap videos always checking out new stuff and this is the coolest thing. If you appreciate lyrics, it is so rad. It's kind of like uh, the verified, the genius does, where they have the person there and they show the lyrics and they kind of talk about it, where you can really get just an appreciation to the songwriting perspective or how much went into these lyrics. Like Jay-Z's going three levels deep, Logic, some of these guys who are really putting the time and effort into these lyrics that if you listen a fourth, fifth, third time, you're picking up new stuff every time. And that's what makes it cool. It's not just a one, one listen. And so it literally, it's them rapping, freestyling, but they have these awesome like visuals of the lyrics popping up left and right. It's so cool. And Chip came back, I think it's like his 30th birthday. So he did another one and it was so rad. So definitely check that out. I wish Drake would go on there and do it. He went on the uh, Fire in the Booth 
which was like a it's like a UK freestyle thing. But that'd be so cool if he did that, or if they could kind of bring some of the lyrical rappers over there. I know it's really a UK thing, but like logic, I mean, all the cool visuals, like emojis, where they're like just getting you to appreciate the lyrics more. This thing is so rad. Like you have to check that out. And just in terms of this, like promoting new music and checking out UK rap, this is the whole thing about exploring what's going on over there. I wanted to give you my top five UK rappers to check out. So Stormzy is number one, in my opinion. He's one of my favorites all time now, even adding him into a US list. He's just got this amazing flow, cool accent, and he's got great levels, but he's got pop, so it, it can you can appreciate it on every level. He's the Jay-Z. He, he's the top dog. Then you got Bugsy Malone. Dude, he is a badass. He had a, a car accident on a motorcycle, and he, he's so surprising that he lived, but he's been doing these awesome lyrics about that he's been around for a long time he was in the uh, guy Ritchie movie the gentleman he was the the dude who actually made the rap uh music video that was in the movie so bugsy malone if you've seen him in that he's just awesome he's my second favorite almost tied with stormzy these guys are both badass gigs super awesome he's been on a bunch of drake tracks so you've probably heard him and may not know him then you got lyle corner he's kind of got this more melodic singing vibe it's like really jazzy really cool i think he's also an actor too definitely check him out he's awesome then you got heady one coming in at the fifth spot he had an actual top you know album from 2020 that the lsj put together it was that mixtape with fred again it was just really cool look out for him so that's the top five you're looking for awesome new music check out all those guys they got phenomenal music you can dive in on all this stuff on youtube subscribe to grm daily and just experience this whole world of lyrics that we don't even know about, but you just go to YouTube and there it is. That's like when I'm going on YouTube and now I'm on Mars going on the Rover, just live streaming randomly. There it is right there. You can be in the UK experiencing this whole new music scene. You could do that with Afro pop from other countries. It's really cool. And then YouTube will start giving you more of that stuff. This is the positive of the YouTube algorithm. Like, okay, I found some good music. Give me more of that. Instead of like, Oh, the, the earth is flat. Now tell me the coronavirus is a hoax. It can go both ways, but try to find some music. It'll give you more, more good music. And then Nux is really cool. He's up and coming. He had this awesome album. And obviously Chip, he might pop right onto that top five list with how he's been dropping tracks at Stormzy. This has been nonstop. He has bars for days. I mean, it's crazy. So check out everybody on there. I have this playlist I've been, I've been keeping going called Bruv. That's like a name you call your buddy or bruv. Like, hey, bruv, in the UK. On uh, Spotify. I'll include it on here. Everybody check it out. It's got all my favorites from all those rappers. So if you listen to hip hop and you're kind of just like not digging the current American sound, or you listen to hip hop and you just want some some new music, check out the UK dude. They are ripping lyrics right now. And that playlist is not everything. It's got so much good stuff. I listen to it all the time. So definitely check that out. I'll put it in the description. And that's some uh some great music for for you to dive into from the UK Beef Wellington. All right, last but not least, kind of a motivational Monday parenting section, things I'm going to tell my kids based off of videos I've seen recently. So I was watching this video from this guy, No Life Shack. I'm a big fan of his. I'm a subscriber on YouTube. He's a reaction uh, guy. He does reaction videos to mostly hip hop, but it's funny. He'll do like a Rage Against the Machine. He'll put on a wig and he'll get into it because he's mostly into hip hop. And so it's funny to see him react to like a corn video or 
something like that. And I love all these reaction videos. They're super funny. And I've been a big fan of his for a while. And he did this first time. He did this like motivational Monday video where instead of doing a reaction, getting people pumped about a song, he actually just got up there and kind of told you his story. And man, this was so cool to hear because he seems like this guy who's just like a, into hip hop and got all these tats and seems like a rapper almost. And he just told you his story about how his family just kept telling him, get good grades, get good grades. He went to school and got a finance degree and then wanted to get a job at a bank or to do some kind of investment banking or something. They told him he needed a master's degree where they could do that. He's like, dude, I just went to school for four years. Can I get a job here? And he ended up being just like frustrated and not doing that and just had a job at, at BMW, just doing kind of manual labor stuff. And it was just so interesting to hear this guy. I watched, he like, seems like a YouTuber. You never really think about what people may have done before or what they're really like. You just see them for what they're doing. And I'm like, whoa, this guy's a finance degree. He kind of was a banker in the past. It's so different from what you would think. And it just made me just really think about like, dude, don't ever really judge a book by its cover. You never really know what somebody's about till you dive in and figure out what their life has been like or what they've been through or the things they like. I mean, the pigment of your skin, your meat suit you wear, anything like that, your tats, things you look like. It doesn't tell you enough about someone to completely offer a complete picture, dude. Talk to people. Find out what they're about. Do you have something in common? Do you disagree? Can you find any common ground? And I just thought that was super rad. I've been following this guy for a long time, and when he finally started chatting about it, I was like, whoa, dude, I have a finance degree. Cool, man. And uh, it was just funny to kind of experience that, but also like really gave me this perspective to like make sure things I'm going to tell my kids is like, can't judge a book by its cover. You got to meet people, chat with them, find out what they're about to know what they're doing. And the last part of his motivational Monday, everybody should watch it. It's awesome. I'll, I'll include a piece of it in the description, but he was just talking about how he was at this BMW job and he got fired and he'd been doing YouTube thousands of videos, reactions, and just it was going nowhere. He's like, I got 5,000 friends and I can only get a hundred views on a YouTube channel and, or on a YouTube video. And it just was highlighting that you got to keep grinding. You got to keep putting your time into it. And his big advice was you got to take risks. So he's like, all right, I got my last paycheck for my job. I'm going ham on this YouTube thing for two months. And every day he was just grinding, putting out videos. And he got a viral video reacting to like an MGK clip or rage. I don't know which one it was, but it was just super rad. It was kind of like, you know, these creative pursuits, passions, they're hard to make money at. And you just got to take risks. You got to put yourself out there and got to think about probably what your backup could be. Maybe not. Maybe you just go all in, but still it's like, you got to put yourself out there and you got to grind. You got to put that time and do the work. That's something I tell my kids do the work. It's about the journey. Yeah. You want to get there, but it feels so much better if you put the work in. Awesome. Yeah. I just won the lottery. Got this money. Cool. Who doesn't want that? But you feel this appreciation for getting somewhere that you really put that effort into, put the hard work into all these hours, all this grinding, all this practicing. And I really, I really like that. So that was a cool one. The second one was this podcast interview with Zuby. He's a rapper from the UK. Shout out the UK. And Kim Klashik. She is a basically Republican conservative who ran for office, I think in Baltimore. And both of them are very conservative. And both of them are not traditionally who you would see being Republicans. They're black 
and they're Republicans. It almost seems like they don't really highlight that, that that's possible. And it just gave me an interesting view of, okay, there's other perspectives out there that are interesting to listen to. And it was a really cool just podcast talking about the main focus was how do we solve our issues in inner cities like Baltimore, San Francisco is coming up on that with just all the crime and, and just issues going on there and Chicago, some of these places that are America, these are our people and they almost just get ignored. We never really talk about that. And sure, there were things I talked about that I definitely didn't agree with, but they were providing these just interesting perspectives that I don't always hear. And it was, it was a cool conversation. And I really kind of took a couple of things away from that, which is just hearing about new solutions to focus on inner cities that kind of just make me upset with these politicians. They're always focused on these, these games, making Democrats look bad, Republicans, Congress. It's always about this team battles while we're ignoring what's going on in our inner cities. This has been a problem for a long time. Imagine if all the time we spent on that last impeachment last year was just highlighting San Francisco, the issues, asking people to donate to help the homeless there. This is media time that we could be putting towards other areas of our country and bringing light to these issues. And they try to make it seem like it's the biggest thing in the world, what's going on with the president. Sure, but there's other stuff happening at the state and local level that's very important that imagine if we spent a lot of this media time highlighting these issues, asking people to get involved, come to your you know city hall, start, start donating time, start getting involved. And I just thought that was cool to understand and see how we're not talking about this stuff. And Zuby, he's, um, he's from the UK, and they were also just highlighting how it's like there's a lot of bad stuff that happens in other countries. And we don't hear about it a lot. We kind of just focus on fighting each other. That 56% of people think that other Americans are the problem when really we're in the same boat together. And we have more in common as Americans as we do with other people in other countries. And we need to come together and understand that, appreciate the country. Be fans of America, whether the leader is someone you like or don't like, and always be looking for how we can improve, how we can help people. And I just really appreciated that, like getting the outside perspective. He's from the UK being like, guys, you, you have it pretty good in terms of what's going on. There's a lot of issues you still need to work on and maybe focus some of that media time there instead of this bickering and fighting between these like political just showmen trying to just have this like reality TV in the courthouse, basically. And I really like that. And the other thing, Kim, she walked through kind of her experience growing up and why she ended up running for office. She told the story about her dad. He grew up in foster care. He had a really hard upbringing and he ended up becoming an executive at IBM. And she said he kind of just taught her that every single day you can wake up and blame other people or just be like, okay, they don't like me or they're being mean or my boss sucks or this is going on or I just got unlucky. And you can kind of push your blame on other people, or you can every single day think about how am I going to improve? What am I going to do? How am I going to make something better for myself? Because the world is unfair. I agree. I know that better than most people. And you have to just say, okay, the world is unfair. These are my cards. What am I going to do about it? Every single day, learn, get better. If you have a family, all this stuff, find five minutes of your day, 10 minutes of your day, things you can do to improve. And even though there are things out there that are against you, or things that didn't fall your way this time, if you keep grinding, keep pushing, at some point, the things are going to fall into place. And 
that's kind of just what she was saying. And that just kind of hit me like things I'm going to teach my kid is that no matter what, every single day, take a step back and say, okay, this is lame. This is bad. What can I do? What can I do to improve? What can I do to be better? What can I do to get myself out of this situation? And I think I want to end it with this, how I was driving around Los Angeles. I think it was in Venice. And I saw this mural and it had this big quote and it said, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. And I love that. It's related to everything. That's the best quote I could almost give my child. And it's things are unfair. And if you don't like it, change it. Get involved in your community. Go to City Hall. Start volunteering your time. Start applying for new jobs. Teaching yourself new skills. The world is on YouTube. You can learn so much. Make new friends if you don't like your friends. Get involved and change something. Posting on social media can be good if you're starting a group, starting a community, but get involved in the world. And if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. All right. And with that, that ends the episode. L Street Journal podcast number four in the books. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll see you soon. And remember, don't let them decide. Free your mind.